Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, afternoon and evening, wherever you are joining me from. Thank you guys for joining me again today. And um, yeah, hope you're all doing well and keeping hydrated in this heat. Um, when we have it, we complain. When we don't have it, we complain. So try and find a middle ground in there somewhere and keep yourself um, cool as much as you can. So today I wanted to talk about ADHD and I've been joined by a guest that I will introduce in a minute. But for those who are not um, familiar with ADHD, ADHD is an attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and um, it has two types of behavioural categories. Um, there's the inattentiveness, i.e. difficulty concentrating and focusing and the hyperactivity and impulsiveness. Um, so yeah, these are some of the things that people with ADHD go through. Um, around two to three people in 10 people have this condition and have the um, difficulty focusing and concentrating, but also they have the other version, which is the hyperactivity and impulsiveness. So today I'm being joined by Sammy, who is also an eldest daughter and has ADHD. And she has kindly agreed to come on and speak about her experience as um, an eldest daughter who has ADHD and how she navigates her day-to-day -day life around it. So yes. Hi, Sammy. How are you? Hi, Asin. I'm good. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. No, thank you for joining me and letting us um talk about this um this topic. So yeah, um let us know what what do you do? Um how old are you? How many siblings do you have? Okay, so I am 23. Pronoun she her. Um I'm currently on break from college. Um and I, as mentioned, I am the eldest of four siblings. Thank you. Um, so when did you first um, discover you had ADHD or when were you first diagnosed? Oh, so this is a long story because... We if, have time. Yeah, because I can't really pinpoint a um, an, an exact day. I can just say that through the pandemic I had my suspicions okay yeah um I can go a little bit more into it yeah if you that want. Would be great, please. so um I'm sure I'm not alone in this experience but it was very difficult for me during the panini um I I was just I don't know I I had suffered with mental health difficulties before um but from what I can remember I just felt like my diagnosis was incomplete and I had a lot of time to lament and ruminate and looking well observing my childhood and specifically my school experience I felt like something had something was missing something had been overlooked so I decided to just research on some of 
the things I experienced and whether there were other people feeling the same. Um, at first, I when I had like my uh, mental health appointments at the doctor, like this was 2021, earlier this year, um, they had, I think this is very common for people who find their AD, like, finally reach an ADHD diagnosis, that they were first diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And that's obviously, I feel like that's very obvious because there's such comorbidity with the symptoms of anxiety, depression with other um, mental health difficulties and disorders such as borderline personality disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, or autism stuff like that Mm -hmm. so when I had my appointment my psychiatrist suspected that it was autism first okay um which makes a lot of sense because there are a lot of symptoms that are um um like they coincide with is that a word anyway um they they match a lot with ADHD and and just typical neurodivergence um and then but I wasn't I felt like okay this this could fit um I have family I have a family member who um is autistic but I continue to like do a lot of my own research and it felt I kept being drawn back to ADHD so um I this was earlier this year I believe I went to another mental health appointment and um I got like two sheets of paper I'm actually holding out in front of me and um I wrote down all the symptoms that I felt related to me because I was just tired of explaining the same thing again and again and again. I was like, if I have to explain this one more time, I am going to lose it. So um, I wrote everything down. I found a lot of, um, like, Instagram pages, um, like, that held a community for people with ADHD and those who thought think they have ADHD. So um, that was really helpful. So... I just took screenshots, put it on like a few sheets of paper and gave it to my um to my mental health doctor. Um they gave me another ex- like form assessment form to fill in and then a couple months later, I think it was like April May time, um they they confirmed that I do have symptoms of ADHD. Wow, you were like so proactive in your diagnosis stage because I know me personally, I probably wouldn't have done anything like that. I would have probably just taken the doctor's word for it and maybe if I really felt like it was really, really wrong, but taking it at face value, so um so yeah people take notes if you're experiencing this and the doctors are telling you you have um something else like be sure to you know stand your ground and tell them like 
this is actually what you believe like you know yourself more than anyone at the end of the day as well I think that's really important because I knew like from the own like the experience I have as like a black person going through this health like experiencing health here in this country I was like there's so many times I felt like dismissed or overturned or people didn't pay attention and my bandwidth for constantly having to explain experiences that I don't have the language for was getting to my wits end and I was like nothing is going to and I feel like a lot of doctors especially if they're a lot older aren't so nuanced in their work and their research I feel like they just stick to the book and anything that that they haven't studied or haven't come across they wouldn't necessarily take seriously and I was like I I need answers so I was like okay if I'm unable to to verbally describe the things I've experienced and it is making me lose my patience because I just felt so frustrated having to repeat the same thing again and again over multiple appointments with different people and different um, healthcare providers. I was just like, you know what, let me do my own research. And another thing is that a lot of the symptoms I I was experiencing wasn't necessarily the typical standard like eight symptoms of ADHD that you would find on the NHS website they were a lot more nuanced which made me second guess whether this was just like part of the human experience or whether this was actually related to something more than just being like whether it was part of being neurodivergent neuroatypical like um one symptom that really I really um I'm sensitive to is like understanding instructions. You won't see that on the um, NHS website, but a lot of these ADHD forums and pages, a lot of people struggle with understanding instructions. And that is something for me, whether it's verbal, whether it's written, like if I'm out looking for directions and you tell them to me, even if you repeat them twice, I still won't understand what you said. If you go to me, yeah, have you understood what I said? I'll be like, yeah, I have not understood anything. Like I remember I was renovating my room and I was um, setting up like my Ikea wardrobe. And I had a breakdown because the Ikea instructions were just not making any sense any sense whatsoever and it was really frustrating because I was I was like why can't I understand this people just understand these instructions like I even called Ikea and they weren't helping either eventually I got it but it was so it was that extra like what people called the ADHD tax it took that extra work just to understand something that people who were neurotypical would get immediately it wouldn't be so taxing for them um yeah (laughs) I didn't know like obviously I hear a lot of the ADHD conversation etc going on online and like you said but I never like 
I don't know anyone personally um, that has ADHD. So hearing you talk about how things like little instructions, mm. I think it will make me more mindful of how I behave towards people because sometimes you just take your own self as like the privileges that you have you don't really think about what other people are going through mm-hmm. and things little things like instructions are something that like I can just look at and do without really thinking twice but like you guys have the the added tax of having to like go through that every single day it's it's a lot yeah so, when you find yourself in such like difficult situations what helps you like calm down and like take things easily because I can imagine it can get quite it can be something that easily frustrates and maybe even flips you out sometimes yeah um before I forget um this journey of like this mental health journey um I feel like you'll ex- someone if someone is on this journey as well, you might experience a lot of like sec. You will experience a lot of second guess, guessing and gaslighting, whether from this world or yourself that you've programmed yourself to feel as well. Because even now, I'm just like, do I really have? ADHD is is this just an excuse like which is obviously ableist right but I from the beginning when I I was like keen on finding out what I have I was so set on like yes I have this yes I'm autistic yes I'm neurotypical I was so headstrong on it despite what doctors and professionals were saying but then once I finally felt heard I was like wait but well what if I don't because like I said the symptoms I experienced were not very common on websites you would see so to to people who are experiencing that like just be easy with yourself I know it's not the thing you want to hear but just be easy with yourself and take time because if that triggers something in your mind then it's valid to answer your question like how to self-soothe this is still relatively new for me I'm still trying to adjust on to how to like how to make my life a bit more easier so I don't really have an answer um like when I was having trouble setting up the IKEA furniture, I had my breakdown, but I still had to like push through because I didn't have anyone to help me. So I was literally just pushing through all the um, like pain. And I feel like a lot of eldest daughters relate to that because even if there's help available you can get frustrated with the help you like that's available because it's not exactly the help you want and having to explain and stuff it's just like I'd rather do it myself um how I manage certain symptoms every day like I'm very sensitive to like abrupt noise and like sunlight 
um, and smell. I'm very, very sensitive to smell. Like around the house, I'll open all the windows and I'll be like, do you guys not smell that? And nobody will smell what I'm smelling. And then people will get annoyed at me because like, why am I opening the windows at the dead of night? But I'm like, you lot are not smelling this. So like, um, so stuff like that, I try and like, keep like air freshener around like soft subtle smells that um I enjoy um when it comes to sunlight just carry some sunglasses with you I have blackout curtains in my room that is a life changer that is next level that's helped so much like even during the day when the sunlight is too much like even if it's cloudy and I'm just like no this is giving me a headache it's giving me uh, a migraine I will like draw the curtains um like when it uh my sensitivity to like hearing an abrupt noise if you have the means get some noise cancelling headphones or earbuds especially if you're like at home with a loud family um just absolutely amazing the best investment I've ever made however if your parents are Nigerian and loud like mine (laughs) I don't think it will help it might dampen it but I'm sorry Maggie I can't do any just turn up the volume um (laughs) yeah no those are really good tips um you you've already done one part of my question anyway um in terms of the looking at being an eldest daughter Mm. how how what how did your family take this because um as we know in a lot of immigrant homes the topic of mental health is not even something that gets touched and then now you're coming to tell them okay now I've been diagnosed with this and it's going to affect how I am and how I'm able to help you guys etc how how did your parents and your siblings take that? Um, if I'm honest, I have not told them. Um, and I'll tell you why um, without spilling too much tea. Um, it's really ironic because my dad is a GP. He is a senior GP. He's been in the game over 20 years before I was born and my mum is uh, she also works in the healthcare profession right but the thing that I really had to reckon with is that despite encountering people like me every day there's a cognitive dissonance that will never allow me the space and comfort that I would like from them but I won't ever get because of their own experiences you know and um their own ideologies um my uncle who is not in this country he is in Nigeria who I dearly love and appreciate I recently told him um and my brother he knows and my friend a few of my friends so if any of my friends who I haven't told come and hear this podcast well now you know um 
I feel like it was a it was a personal choice for me not to tell because I had experienced some things before, like looking back in um, my childhood experience, there were definitely some red flags I felt like should have been paid attention to, but were dismissed. And even when I've come to them, were certain difficulties I've had, like when I dropped out of uni. Um, because Okay. I feel like we should talk about this afterwards. But when I dropped out of uni, another huge red flag for having ADHD or being neurodivergent, um, I was not heard. So I was like, I'm not going to sit through like the gaslighting because it's hard enough to believe and stand true to my own experience. So I will tell people who are receptive enough and somewhat self-aware um, and I employ other people to do that too. But the downside to that is that when I experience symptoms like sensitivity to hearing or like smell, they don't understand and therefore won't be accommodating to that. Like I always get told off about like like um, using air freshener or like, because my mom's sensitive to it or like leaving the windows open I always get told off for that but then it's taxing to then explain and then hear what they have like what their opinions are on something they have absolutely no say in um so yeah they don't know I don't really intend on telling them so who I but I wouldn't say um I wouldn't necessarily advise that to other people. If you have loved ones or friends or family who you feel will be accepting and accommodating, then by all means, tell them. But if not, and if you don't feel comfortable and you feel like it will cause more harm or make it more exhausting for you, then I wouldn't recommend you telling. But um, just, I would advice to try and find your community whether it's virtual or in person um yeah I had something else to say but I forgot that is another ADHD symptom very often for me this is such good advice and I'm glad that you're choosing your own well-being and peace of mind over having to tell them um because it's so easy to feel the need to tell people everything because they're your parents or they're your siblings. But if you don't feel like it's going to be of any benefit for them knowing to you, I mean, not that it's not of any benefit, but it's going to cause you more harm or pain than good, then, like, I really, honestly, that's, like, really amazing to hear. Um. I want to quickly talk about friendship before I go back to um what you talked about in regards to dropping out of uni. Mm. Um, so you said you haven't told your friends yet. Um, as people who may have friends that are ADHD, that have ADHD, what what would be your advice on like being a good friend to that person, like? how would if your friends are listening for example what would you tell them like what are your needs as as friends 
Um, I don't think I'm the best person because I'm a type of person who like I'm very hyper independent. Yeah. Um, I I a few of my friends know, uh, just a few. Um, because I feel like I've gauged their like self awareness and um, like just general consciousness of other people's experiences out of their own mm-hmm. so I've gauged that I feel like they're a safe enough of a person to to share this information with yeah um, which I am I would advise other people to um just because someone may not tell you their diagnosis doesn't mean that to them they think you like you're a bad friend because it's just like such a personal thing and it's like having to tell people again and again and it's very tiring you know um and then sometimes people might like act weird or like baby you a bit and that's not what I want right and then it's just like it's just another reason not to to say anything but for people who have like if someone has disclosed to you that they have ADHD or they're neurodivergent in any way I would say um like obviously tell them thank you for thinking that you're a space a safe space to tell someone Mm -hmm. and um I would advise like doing your own independent research don't go to them because no matter how long they've had this diagnosis for it's still difficult to navigate and accept sometimes at least for me anyway so there's loads of like instagram pages um that regularly share information and then if you look in the comment section there's even more advice and more telling of experiences and um, I think a really great point is find if your friend has certain intersections um, like race or gender expression or sexual orientation try and find spaces that that present people with those similar experiences like I recently found ADHD babes on Instagram and they're a sa- they're a space for um, black femme and black um, black women, black people. So they share knowledge on intersections that you may be blind to. So like how ADHD or neurodivergence then plays and interacts with other gender or just other identities. Um, I found that really helpful because um, they recently did a Zoom on um, ADHD and spirituality and religion and it just blew my mind because I had a lot of sentiments um, and feelings and experiences growing up that necessarily I didn't see other people experience so it it alienated me further but having joined that space it kind of provided an explanation and validity and reaffirming for me so I would suggest doing that that's great advice thank you um 
definitely do that um if you're listening um and I know if anyone comes to me with that that's what I will do as well so going back to uni and Mm. dropping out what Mm. was your experience of that um I feel like I need to go back to school to explain to give context yeah so from from nursery to year eight I could say no year six I have no memory of learning anything nothing I uh, I didn't learn how to do fractions until I was in year 12 doing AS maths so that's a huge red flag for me I never performed well in school I did move around in school a lot but I just remember always scoring low grades never learning anything in class never remembering being in class constantly being told off for talking constantly being told off for not understanding and that's where a lot of I felt a lot of like inadequacy being dismissed just pushed to the side being labeled as incapable of being helped um especially by my not only my parents and being like the first daughter so naturally you're just meant to excel and be the best um especially when younger siblings seem a lot educationally academically adapt like perform very well um like I just remember not learning anything I I don't like and that's a huge red flag for me right because I also every weekend I would go to tuition school and it would be so boring so boring it felt like hell on earth I would rather be outside playing with my friends a lot of my school experience is me on the weekends just studying feeling like I'm not getting anywhere but despite all of that no one thinking okay is there not something else going on here um huge red flag for me I'm really upset and angry at that to be fair because why did none of my teachers see this why did my parents not pick up on this and that's just I, I think being black and being a young girl at that time I think it goes without being said that that's just how school treats you right so I didn't really like perform well academically until like year nine and I felt like that's a that's a coming of age type of space um where I'm more like in tuned with this living experience and I'm studying hard and I'm finding interest in what I'm learning and that's when my grades started to improve right um so my so I did IB international baccalaureate so kind of so it's equivalent but different to GCSEs and I perform very well I get A stars I get A's I get B's I get nothing 
below that. So if anyone was looking on the outside in, I'm masking, right? Because at this point, there's no red flags. I'm performing well. I'm finding interest in what I'm doing. Come to A-levels, which is a whole different experience. I am really struggling in the classes where I don't feel like I'm understanding what I'm being taught. So I'm spending so much of my time, like my friends on the weekends, they're going out, experiencing life. I am studying because not only are the subjects I'm taking are really difficult. I'm taking biology, I'm taking AS maths, I'm taking psychology, I'm taking chemistry. But I'm having to take tutoring classes to compensate for and hope that I understand what I didn't learn in school. So I do my A-levels, I get A-star, B-B, which I'm still upset about because I feel like I could have done so, I feel like I could have gotten A-stars across the board if I had ADHD assistance, which, like, that was five years ago, but I'm still mad about it. I'm still holding on to it. I said what I said. (laughs) You have to be. Yeah. (laughs) So come to uni now. I wanted, at that time, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. But I couldn't take undergrad medicine. So I'm like, okay, what's what's closest? I, I, I had applied to do adult nursing. And then on the day of my results day, because I generally thought I had failed, I was like, no, I don't want to do adult nursing anymore at King's College. I wanted to do psychology because I, I had an interest in it. I got the A star in it. I thought, okay, let's do psychology. I go to uni and I, Queen Mary, and I start doing psychology. The first two weeks, I was like, oh, no, baby, I can't do this. There is so much reading. (laughs) I don't understand what we're learning. Like, I remember going to, because it's so independent, right? And at this point, I don't know I'm neuroatypical. I remember the first day I was like, or the first week, I was crying at the mental health space at uni because I was like this is all too much I'm being told to read 30 pages for next week for every class I have and I'm sitting in the library and I don't understand nothing so I'm like okay let me go and find a course that is a bit more practical lab work right that should be a bit easier less reading so two weeks after that I'm just like okay let's go and do neuroscience it's scientific it's, it's a space I'm familiar with. It, in, it incorporates psychology, which I enjoy. And then I was like, oh, I, I, I still have to go to these lectures and pay attention. And even if I'm paying attention, I still don't understand what I'm being taught. And then you tell me that I have to go study afterwards, like four days a week by myself, no help. And I hadn't made any friends. I did not make one friend whilst I was there. Actually, I made one friend, but, like, that was it, right? And then I was like, oh, no, I am not understanding this. I don't want to do this. I don't have help. Am I the only one feeling this? And everyone in my class seemed so onto it. And, like, they knew what they wanted to do. And um, I was like, oh, no, I'm not. 
I'm not I'm not enjoying this. So it was harder for me to go to class and everything. And then I was like, okay, it's time to drop out. I'm not staying. And my mental health at that time was just depleting. What I look at now, it was a huge burnout from like just education in general, especially with my experience. So, and there's one thing that really I laugh at right now. Um, when you get like a, is it a tutor advisor at, at uni? She was in charge of one of our classes and she was, um, she was teaching the history of neuroscience. So boring, like boring, like boring. Obviously looking now, I'm like, obviously, Sammy, if you're going to uni and you don't know the history of neuroscience, then that's a flop, right? So I remember in confidence when we were having our tutor lessons, I was like, why are we learning the history of neuroscience? I just want to do the lab stuff, the practical stuff, the engaging stuff. And I don't really remember what she said, but I remember the next day we had a lecture in front of the whole class. At the end of the lecture, she goes, um, unprovoked, unprovoked. She was, she was something along the lines of, I remember Sammy coming up to me and being like, what's the point of learning the history of neuroscience? And then she goes, you would not be a good neuroscientist if you didn't know the history. Valid, right? Valid explanation. But I'm like, you did not have to shame me like that in front of everyone I was so embarrassed and I think that was the last time I turned up for lecture um for for uni at all Mm. and she was I didn't like her at all because when I told her told her I wanted to drop out she was like oh unis don't look too kindly to people who have dropped out the first year you're not likely to um to find like a uni that will take you again total bs right so that's just stuff like Another red flag for me. Like, I am not a person who deals well with the theoretical. I like practical stuff I can see and do and know that I have made. I've either done a good job or a bad job. Like, and that's empirical. Like, empirical? You know what I mean. Like, it's evident. (laughs) It's clear to see. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, yeah, that was my experience. And I will not go back to uni um I will never go back to uni um it's just not in the cards for me especially when I can find um vocational courses for what my current interests are in even though my interests are always changing I noticed that during the years that I dropped out of uni like I I interned at a media company I thought I wanted to do videography I wanted to do presenting um I thought I wanted to go back to uni and do African studies with international development at one point. And then I just realized it's not for me. Um, yeah. I was just done. And then I'm still trying to find my way at a big age of 23. And my parents are low-key disappointed, but they haven't had the gumption to say it yet. And <laughs> that's just the tax of being an eldest neurotypical daughter. Let them come and say with their chest if they can't say it to you. Oh, legit. Like, I remember my mom, like, telling me when I was struggling at uni, oh, just do one more year. And then I was not falling for that because if I do one more year, then when it comes to second year, you'll be like, oh, just finish it off. You're halfway there. So Mm -hmm. I dropped out and then I told her I'm not going back to uni. And she shouted at me and shunned me. And, like, 
I was basically like cast aside to figure out life by myself and you yeah. know have your siblings been supportive they're they're like here's the thing it's part of my fault because like I haven't told them Mm, and I don't really I don't really look to them for support in regards to like with the whole dropping out of uni and like your parents not being happy about it whether was that something that they were supportive about like you not doing what you want for yourself or did they just leave you to it yeah I was kind of just I'm I was just left to it like but one thing I I did that I don't think my parents appreciated was I was telling them that you do not have to go to uni if you do not want to. (laughs) There are apprenticeships. You don't even have to go back to education. If you do not want to do it, Mm -hmm. do not go. And I will still say it. Yeah. But of course, yeah, like, and of course, my brother below me, of course, decided to get A stars across the board and go to Imperial to study some sort of engineering thing. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah, and I told him at each step, if uni is flogging you, drop out. It's not by force. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I say that to my one of my siblings. Well, I feel like out of all my siblings, I'm probably the most academic. Hmm. But that's not to say they're doing what the older one is doing what he wants. The younger one, she just finished her, her GCSEs mm. and she is stressed. Like, she, we know she's not academic, so no one's forcing her to mm. go to anything. So, for her, we're like, if you, whatever you get in your GCSEs, we're proud of you. Like, it's not, it's not like everything. Mm. You need to be going to college, then going to uni. There's like multiple ways to do it. Mm. so thank god like my stepmom works in hr Mm. so she's she knows that just because you went to uni means you get the best jobs Mm. like just because you have a two degree doesn't mean you get the best jobs etc so she's been thank god she doesn't have that pressure of doing following the motions of um, college high school uni etc graduate with your degree and not get a job in this economy Mm. um, and be in debt so I'm glad (laughs) that you're advocating for your siblings like my youngest siblings really like I've really set the path like I've set the standard low for disappointment like you lot should be thankful because I wish I had that you know and what makes it even more difficult is that both my parents are uni graduates yeah my dad obviously he has an MD and other like qualifications because he's a GP my mum she studied at South Bank she's a uni graduate she did very well so that ideology like and them both being born in the late 60s right because there's an age thing too the opportunities and the certainty of going to university and finding good work that has long passed and I don't think they understand that or want to understand that especially as immigrants because they've come over and they have had to fight tooth and nail to meet basic needs Mm -hmm. and education especially being Nigerian especially like not just being African but this Nigerian experience of being promised 
a good life coming with um education Mm-hmm. for them to now see their eldest daughter who they've poured so much resource and money and time and effort and they have toiled they have they have worked so hard not only being black people experiencing this immigrant experience in this country but not also having persevered through all this adversity to get education and me being like I can't do this I don't want to do this. It, it, I understand it, but I still have my my qualms about it, you know, because I've had to go through this by myself. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And I think you're so right in the fact that they still hold uni degrees to, like, such a high regard because I remember as soon as I finished my undergrad, my dad's like, oh, masters i'm thinking i'm not doing a masters like, <laughs> i'm traumatized enough from yeah degree. and then five years later i saw a master's that i really wanted to do mm. on my first day of class i called my dad afterwards he was like oh so when are you are you gonna do a phd ah! and i'm there thinking mate i haven't even done my first reading yeah they don't know when to stop do they exactly i'm thinking he, he's like oh you know you're a smart girl i'm like that's not the point the mm. point i am i think i'm done with school who knows if mm. i decide to do a phd that's between me and god yeah truly mental health truly. so i'm not gonna let anyone pressure me into doing anything for or is it really for my benefit or mm. is it really to brag about me? Too? I was about to say, I was about to say, because you know the parents, them, they love to brag about their youth. They do. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, um, I think um, this is such a refreshing um, conversation because I think we as eldest daughters are so used to always doing what our parents want, always doing people pleasing, this, this and that. And I think to some extension, your ADHD has probably helped you move along a bit quicker Mm. in regards to not doing things for people's benefit Mm. and really listening to your mind and your body and what you need rather than what everyone, what everyone, everyone else wants you to do. So that's like really good to hear. And so, yeah, do you have any final words of advice for anyone experiencing what you're experiencing as an eldest daughter? What would you tell them to, what's one thing that's really been beneficial to you? I could go on and on about this. Like, I have so much to say, and now you've already got me started. Like, I can keep <laughs> going. Um, one thing I've learned, well, one thing, it will not, like, it will cost you more to set boundaries and to submit to the fact that you are not able to do everything it will personally for me it will not feel liberating it has not felt liberating it has felt a lot more taxing for me to to set boundaries and be like I cannot do this I am too tired to do this especially if you are like an able passing person right Mm. um I am constantly tired all the time 
even if I have done nothing all week. If you ask me and I'm honest, I am tired. And being the eldest sibling, there there isn't much space and acknowledging for that and you really need to and it is very difficult if you definitely feel alone and you don't have parents who are self-aware in that way um but it, it would be easy on yourself take little steps like it's a constant non-linear journey I say non-linear journey um find your community whether it's virtual or lean into your friends if you have the means um accessing some some type of therapy um even that's a whole different ball game Mm. and it takes quite a while um to find but I would say especially if you're young despite what school tells you despite what this capitalist hyper-consumerist patriarchal world tells you there is no rush and I say that with a lot of privilege like um I don't have to work right now but I know there's a lot of people who have to work and um just to make ends meet but there is no rush. If you do not want to go to uni and everyone is pressuring around you, saying you have to go to uni because school really feeds into that. They make you feel like there's a rush. Yeah. Even if you're at uni, there is no rush. And life will teach you that. Life will teach you that eventually. That's You need time for that. The only reason people are pushing you to university is that so there are workers to fuel this economy, right? Mm -hmm. To feed and make profit for the 1% and the billionaires. There is no rush. As long as you have a plan, a small plan, small steps, there is no rush. Explore the world. Explore facets of yourself that you haven't had the chance to before. Explore blogs with people with the same experiences with you. And if you feel like you are neurodivergent or you are experiencing something that people around you don't seem to be experiencing give your time at give yourself the the grace to explore that that's an amazing note to end on thank you so much for that and um, I hope you guys found this really beneficial and for me I have learned so much today and things that I didn't know So thank you so much, Sammy, for your time and for sharing such a personal part of your life. And I hope um, everyone else enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And yeah, if you know anyone that's going through ADHD, um, has been diagnosed or yet to be diagnosed, you can also share this with them, especially eldest daughters, so they can see how to navigate their way around this and their role as eldest daughters so yeah thank you guys and i will be back next week bye bye bye